and welcome to the Live Point Podcast. I want to thank you for joining us today. We hope you're inspired by this message. And I just want to, I want to get to it. So we're starting this brand new series from now on. There's a lot of from now on statements, right? I saw that video that we shot and I said, from now on I'm going to use anti-wrinkle cream. Because, like, my goodness, what happens? Nothing like a close-up in high definition to make you feel old, right? Um, Whatever you're from now on, if you were here Wednesday, I kind of pushed forward for you to, like, start writing some from now on statements. But I really wanted them to be declarations in your life and over your life about what God wants to do through you. At the end of that video, I said, from now on, I'm going to own it. I'm not talking about homestead. I'm not talking about this church. What I'm talking about is my calling, my chosenness to do something with what God has given me. And if we will make that shift right there to understand that each and every one, I'm not the only one chosen to preach. All of us, if you know Jesus, you're chosen to preach, to proclaim the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And if you will settle in on that and resolve and open up your mouth and begin to share with people, man, it'll, we'll, we'll flood this place. I'm talking, we will flood Homestead and South Florida and Florida and the United States and the Caribbean and all these other places with the gospel if we will just begin to do that. It's multiplication. It's how it's supposed to be, church. And it takes all of us. From now on, we're going we're gonna to live it out, church. From now on, we're going to declare like we've never declared in this next season. If you've got your Bibles, open up to the book of Philippians, chapter 3. We'll get there in just a minute. If you're not careful, 22 is going to look a lot like 21. Right? Same old sins. Same old behaviors. Same old thing, same old bad attitude, same old running late, always behind, no margin, same old no carving out time for God in your life at all, same old just processing. Let me tell you something, that, that right there, that'll, that'll ensure that you have the same, if you, had the, if, you, if you acted like that in 21, you can ensure that that will, is what 22 will look like while it is... Uh, process the same exact way. Maybe 21 was an incredibly awesome year for you. Maybe you had the best business year you've ever had. Praise God for that. Maybe it was the worst year you've ever had. Maybe you've lost loved ones, and I am so sorry for that. I hate that that happens. Highs, lows, mountains, valleys, top, bottom, gutter, ceiling, whatever, whatever it was, listen to this. I'm not, I'm not being callous to this. I just want you to know it's the past. And, and the calendar helps us with kind of a mental reset. But the most beautiful thing, or one of the most beautiful things about a relationship with God is you have an opportunity to reset or reboot or reconnect or any reword, rebuild, all right? Any reword you want to use, you have an opportunity to do that at any point of any day, at any moment in time. You can stop and say, no more. I'm not doing that anymore. And a lot of you will. A lot of you will, you, will, you will drive into something, you will do something, some particular behavior, something like this, and you will go there, and then eventually you're just like, I'm not doing it anymore. Those are from, from now on moments in your life. And so what one of those moments is this, is that we're going to get to next week, by the way. We're going to, this is Philippians chapter 3, part 2, next week. Come back, but it's forget the past and look forward to what God has for you. 
And some of you have had such a tough year, you think God is punishing you, and he's correcting you, <laughs> and maybe he is correcting you. Uh, maybe he is punishing you. I don't know. I don't think so. I don't think we, we serve a God. I think we serve a God who's, who's saying, hey, look here. Come here. I want you. I want you as you are. Just come back to me. Give me your heart. I want to show you who I am. And just because you have trouble, just because you have pain, just because you have calamity in your life does not mean that you're not operating in the will of God, by the way. Sometimes people try to equate, like, good, easy life with, like, okay, God's blessing. It doesn't always work like that. Read the, read the Bible, right? Read the Bible. We talk about, I pick on the prosperity gospel sometimes. I'm not saying that God doesn't want us to prosper. But, but man, I believe that we're here to all, like, get rich. That's not the goal of life. The goal is to, to love God with my whole heart, with all my strength, with all my soul, with all my mind, everything. Love my neighbor as myself. Go after him and reach out and share with this. And, and so we can't, we can't, like, equate the ease of and comfort of living with the fulfillment of God's will in our life. It just doesn't work that way. Jesus died on a cross. His disciples were dragged through the streets and thrown rocks at and beat and thrown from rooftops. One was boiled in oil. John, they boiled him in oil, and it didn't kill him. Didn't kill him. I mean, that guy's like, you guys got anything else? Right? And like I'm just sitting in here enjoying my, my bath with the Lord while you try to kill me. They pulled him out of the oil, sent him to, to the Isle of Patmos. He didn't even die on, on the Isle of Patmos. He eventually went out to Turkey to minister. This is the power of God. This is, he, I, I don't think he was saying, oh, my life is so bad. He said, man, I'm going to do it all for the glory of God. Whatever comes my way, top, top, bottom, whatever. So these, these resolutions that people make, right, I've never been a, a big resolution guy, but one thing that I am a big fan of is progress. I want to pro, make progress. I want to get a little bit better today. That, that progression or those resolutions, if you will, should be made daily, minutely. When I wake up in the morning and I consecrate and I sanctify and I ask God to re- separate my heart and mind from the world, to be transformed by the renewing of your mind, to be in this world but not like the world. I'm going to be different. I have to do that daily, that kind of thing. Chris Hodges, a great pastor, pastors one of the largest churches in America in Birmingham, Alabama. He said this, we don't need resolutions that improve us. We need a revelation that changes us. Some of you need a, a revelation. Some of you need a revelation and a revolution. You need need to bring bring about sweeping change in your life so that things will be different. And I hope you're motivated. I hope you're thrilled. The calendar provides that opportunity, but so does God. And by the way, just because you're, like, active doesn't mean you're accomplishing anything. Right? You can show up here every time the doors are open. (laughs) But this is about you knowing God, as we'll see today. I can move stuff on my my table here all day long. I could do this for eight hours and we'll have accomplished nothing. <laughs> Dynamic inactivity. That's what that is. Just movement. Just movement for, for nothing. But I didn't accomplish anything. Again, this new year, God is offering something. Right here, here's what he's offering. A new purpose, right? New power, new peace, new relationship, new life. All of that is available. And you're going to exchange something. If you will get this today, if you will understand what I'm going to show you today, you will walk out of here with something priceless. 
Everybody right now is like keeping their eyes on the stock market. We're looking. And some, some of you are looking at digital currency, and you're like, what's the value of this? And I change here. Some of you love to get into the day trading, and you're watching all the time, and you're doing this, and you're looking at the price of land, wondering about interest rates, and we're looking at value. That's what we're looking at. What's the value? What's the best bang for my buck? How am I going to climb up in, in stature in this world? But let me tell you something. There is a priceless gift that God has for us, and that is it, the priceless value of knowing Christ. Knowing Christ is priceless. Nothing, there's nothing that compared to it. And so Paul writes to the church at Philippi. In the first chapter, he encourages the saints at Philippi to go on living the Christian life. Just live the Christian life. Be faithful. Be a disciple of Jesus. Let him work with you. The second chapter, they, they give some examples from Timothy and, and some other guys on how to please God. And in this one, he, he shows what's necessary to live such a life. And he tells his own story and how this works of leaving, leaving just like lists of things and moving on into just real relationship with Jesus. Philippians chapter 3, verse 1. Let's go. Whatever happens, my dear brothers and sisters, rejoice in the Lord. Whatever happens. <laughs> oh, I got a raise, so I should rejoice. What if you got a demotion? Some of you might need a demotion. Honestly. Quit showing up late to work. Start, start working like you're working for the Lord. You know why? Because you're working for the Lord. That's what you're doing. You might, you might have to show up and there's somebody, a supervisor over you, but you're working for the Lord. And that's how we should act when we're working for the Lord. We give him everything that's inside of us and let him move like that inside of us. And so we go after this. And so whatever happens, yeah, but you don't know my, my boss. He's a jerk. Whatever happens, Paul said. Whatever happens. Yeah, but the traffic, whatever happens. My kids, whatever happens, rejoice in the Lord. And I love that Paul writes about rejoicing so much. It's kind of a common theme in Philippians, this rejoicing, right? It's repetitive in nature, and a lot of times we need to be repeated. And we need to repeat so that it will get inside of us. Some of you have heard me say this before. Where are the, my old school church people at? We got old school church people? I don't know if you guys sang this or not. But back in the old school, when I came out, we would do this. This side would go, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Right? And again I say rejoice, rejoice, rejoice. And again I say rejoice, rejoice, rejoice. And again I say rejoice. Now, rejoice in the Lord. And this side joins in and it begins as like this play and it's, it's like fun. And I, you know why I think that's right is because we are, we're, we're, we're pushing into ourselves to teach ourselves something. Because this, listen to this, what Paul's saying is it's your responsibility and it's your duty to cultivate joy to sow joy to talk about joy to actually experience joy God has provided everything for us so that we can live like that every single thing but the problem is our focus is off if you're always talking about your problems, you're not going to be able to live in the rejoicing in the Lord. It's not just a song that we sang in the early 1980s, people. 
This is a reality of what's supposed to happen, that we would actually rejoice. And Paul is warning against this. Let's just look at the second part of that. I never get tired of telling you these things. That's the repetitive nature. I do it to safeguard your faith. Now, Pastor Juan preached a great message last week, wonderful, wonderful message. You should go back and listen to it if you didn't hear that. But one of the things he said, give, give God the first part of your day. Yes, give God your whole day, right? Well, that's one thing we want to do. But he, I wrote this just to kind of remind what he said in his message. Wake up determined to to serve God and stay that way. Because probably most of you wake up like that. And then somewhere, just like I think he used the example of like stubbing your toe, you wake up in the morning, you're all good. Okay, God, I got my prayer. And you turn around and you rip your pinky toe off on the coffee table. And you're like, oh, Lord. (laughs) Ichabod, the Lord has departed from my life. I can't do this anymore. And and it's a... you know, it's a whole thing. You're like, that's the day. Here we go. And like Pastor Juan said last week, no, no. You stubbed your toe. Right? Sometimes we got to grab that moment back because the devil will use that as just like a little injection to get you off course and to throw your whole mind. You grab it back and say, no, not today, devil. Right? Not going to happen today. He's saying, I do these things. I repeat these things. I get it inside of you over and over and over and over and over again in Scripture to safeguard your faith. It's a safeguard. You need a safeguard. I need a safeguard. We need safeguards. He says in verse 2, watch out for those dogs. There's a lot of random dogs in Homestead, but that's not what he's talking about. He said those people who do evil, those mutilators who say you must be circumcised to be saved. We break this down. Everybody knows what circumcision. Most of us are adults in the room. We know what that is. We don't need to talk about that process. It was Jewish custom. On the eighth day, the baby boys would go to get circumcised. It was part of the process, still part of the process uh, over there. And um, this is the problem. It's not the act of circumcision that was the problem. It was that these Judaizers, that these people who had elevated themselves in their own mind, legends in their own mind, right, those guys, that they're saying, you have to do that to be saved, If you don't do that, you'll be saved. And so here comes the list of things that people begin to pile on in life. They say that if you do this, 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 this is what we call pharisaical behavior. When people start to go like, if everybody would worship like me, pray like me, give like me, serve like me, look like me, then, then perhaps God might do something in your life. But until then, I don't know what you're doing. That's a weird type of behavior. Paul calls them dogs, which, which was a term often used for the Gentiles at the time, so not, not so random that he would use this here. But he's saying, stay, not, only, not only like don't listen to those people, but stay away from those people. Because those type of people are creating lists. And if you're not careful, you will, you will, you will live your Christ-following life in a list format. If you're not careful... How many of you are on a Bible reading plan right now? Okay, the rest of you need to get on a Bible reading plan, by the way. <laughs> right? <laughs> Read your Bibles. It's the word of God. It's light. Um, but, but here's what happens if we're not careful. I, I, get a, I, get a li- I get a reminder in the morning, right? And I go through, and it lets me check off my reading plan. Feels good. That's our, that's our nature inside of us to go like, Check that off. Ooh, feels good. I don't want to just read the word of God to check off the list. 
I want to read the word of God because he is speaking to me through the word of God. It's nourishing for my life. It's guidance, it's correction, it's hope, it's strength, it's life, it's light, it's all the things that I need in my life. That's why I want to, I want to, I do it out of a loving relationship with God rather than just like, hey, you got to do this or you're going to go to hell. I don't want to like, I, don't, I, I can't even feel that pressure anymore. So be careful if, if those people are so intense that you're around because intensity is not a fruit of the spirit, right? So just make sure that we're going after what Paul says. He says this in verse 3, for we who worship by the spirit of God are the ones who are truly circumcised. He's talking about a circumcision of the heart. We rely. That's a strong word. Rely. We rely on what Christ Jesus has done for us, we put no confidence in human effort. Paul had every opportunity, as he says here in just a minute, we'll, we'll see. He had every opportunity to say, I'm the man. I am the man. <laughs> I've done it all, and I've done it better than you. But he's saying here, and he's writing this, that he can't even put any confidence in that. No, you got to remember, Paul was so strict that he was on the road to Damascus, and, 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 and Jesus showed up on the scene, knocked him down. I know everybody thinks there was a horse there. I don't read a horse in the story, but somewhere along the line, they injected a horse in the story. Anyway, he got knocked to the ground, and, and, and Jesus said, why are you doing this to me? And here, Paul begins to understand something. He's like, what are you talking about? What am I doing to you? He's like, you're persecuting my people, my church. Why are you doing that to me? And I think at this moment, as Paul's blinded by the light, literally, God begins the process of him revealing himself truly to Paul. You might come here, and there might be some light shed on the situation, but this is a process of revelation. It's a process of sanctification. It's a process of consecration that God is moving you from where you were to the place that he wants you to be, and you have to stay in it. Now, Paul is understanding this, and he's trying to get these guys to understand it. It's like, I don't care about your stupid list. I don't care about it. What I care about is what Christ Jesus has done for me. That's all I can think about. I have a bunch of people in this room who've helped me tremendously over the last five years. They've stopped, they prayed, we've, we've broke bread together, we've worked on projects together. Some of you in this room, I've, I've done overseas projects with. We've, we've dug holes together and poured concrete together in the Dominican Republic and bled together. And all of that's wonderful, but I can't put any confidence in that. The only thing I have to boast about is the cross that Jesus did for me. That's it. That's it, church. And so the, the word Paul really used here is the boast or glory Glory, exalt, lift up, put to the highest point. If I'm going to put anything up, if I'm going to exalt anything in my life, and if I'm going to say, look at this thing in my life, it's going to be Jesus, church. It's going to be Jesus. It has to be Jesus. Verse 4, though I could have confidence in my own efforts, if anyone could, indeed, if others have reason for the confidence in their own efforts, I have even more. Paul's saying, you thought you did it well. <laughs> I'm about to break it down for you. I'm not, I, like, I, 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 I thought I was the man. He's not saying he is the man. He's saying I could have done that, and I could do that. But now he says, listen to this list. Verse 5, I was circumcised when I was eight days old. Now, remember, that's what he was attacking at the beginning here. So, of course, he's going to say that. Okay, if that's, if that's something on your list there, cool. Got that, check, right? 
I'm a pure-blooded citizen of Israel. Check. I'm a member of the tribe of Benjamin. Check. A real Hebrew, if there ever was one. Check. I was a member of the Pharisees, the strictest. They demand the strictest obedience to the Jewish law. I was so zealous that I harshly persecuted the church. And as for righteousness, I obeyed the law without fault. That last statement right there, are you serious? I obey. I mean, he could actually write this down, and we're still reading it today, that I obeyed the law without Is there anybody in this room that could say that? No. <laughs> we have all failed. All we like sheep have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. All, not some, all of us. That we've all messed up here. He, he, he says, I obeyed the law without fault. This list, this man-made list, do this, pray hard, wear your tassels real long in Jewish culture, pray real loud so that they hear you, real flowery words. So everybody knows that you pray a lot. No. It's not going to get you there. But Paul is, is helping us to understand his justification. Big word, we have, to, we have to break it down sometimes. Justification, redemption, regeneration, sanctification, consecration, all of these shuns of Christianity, right? Um, but justification is like this. Justification is important because Jesus made it just as if you never sinned. My goodness. And yes, it deals with the past, and it deals with the present, and it deals with the future sins that you're going to do. But listen, justification does not bring innocence. And yet God brings his justification to cover you. You, you still did the thing. You still did it. I still did it. And it had to be paid for. But what it does is it brings a covering and it brings a state of righteousness that we could not get to ourselves. You couldn't get there. I don't care what list you follow. Without Jesus, you can't get there. The Bible says he, not you, not me for you, he became sin who knew no sin that we might become the righteousness of God. That is the work of Jesus. That's what Paul is trying to get them to understand. And I know, I know, I know that, that some of you are like, I mean, I want to experience justification. I say experience it. Go towards Jesus. Here's the problem. It makes us righteous. And when you're righteous, right, you shouldn't feel guilty. But most people are living with guilt not really righteous you're righteous on Sunday but over here on these other days something else it's not righteousness and Isaiah wrote or the great prophet of redemption wrote about all our, our righteousness it's everything that we come to the table with really is he called it filthy rags what those are is menstrual rags that's what it that's that's our righteousness we just don't have anything but if you want to feel guilt-free <laughs> stop doing things that make you guilty I'm not saying you're always going to be right we fall but there's a difference again as we always talk about of, of falling and slipping and sinning and then just practicing sin there's a whole difference in that. And the reason some of you feel so much tension with life, you feel so much tension and you feel like a, so much guilt in your life is because you're split by the world. 
It's tearing you in half. It's tearing your mind. It's tearing your body. It's tearing your spirit. That is not what God has for you. Paul said, I once, all these things that he's trying to lay out that he just listened, I once thought these things were valuable. All my list. I never miss church. I read the Bible every day. I only listen to worship music. Praise God. All those are good, but listen to this. I once thought these things were valuable, and I now consider them worthless because of what Christ has done. You need to read your Bible. You need to worship. You need to do all this. This is absolutely important for you. That's what I'm saying. You've you got to be you're in this world, but not of this world. But Paul begins to consider and to think through and to reflect on his life when, when God said, oh, you thought that was right? I'm going to pick, I'm literally going to put you where, remember the street we preached about it? Who somebody did, I heard it, Straight Street. God put golf, he, he, he straightened Paul's crooked spine and put him right there on Straight Street and gave him a word and said, this is how it's going to be. Verse 8, he says, yes, everything else is worthless when compared with the infinite value knowing Christ Jesus my Lord infinite value I don't care where Bitcoin goes it is an infinite for his sake I've discharged everything else counted all as garbage rubbish dung feces so that I could gain Christ that infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord that's it question is, we, ought, we ask very often is, do you know him? Maybe a more important question is, does he know you? That's what's going to be asked. Matthew chapter 7, go read it. Depart from me, you worker of iniquity, I never knew you. Oh, that's a, that's, a, that's a banger of a scripture unless you know him. Unless you know him. And the, the invitation to know him is right here. God's not saying, don't know me. Don't stay away. I don't know. He's saying, come here. Know me. I want to show you myself. I want to dump myself onto you and into you and through you. I just want you to experience me, what I have, because it's better than anything this world could ever offer. Verse 9 says, and become one with him. Become one. I no longer count on my own righteousness through obeying the law. Rather, I become righteousness through faith in Christ. For God's way of making us right with himself depends on faith. Stand with me. I got one more verse. Hang tight, please. Verse 10. I want to know Christ. Would you say that with me right now? I want to know Christ. Say it again. I want to know Christ. Now, just stop for a second. Now, listen to this. Before we say that again, you do a check in your spirit. Sometimes we're real mouthy with our words. It's a lot of, a lot of talk, but not a lot of walk. I'm going to ask you in just a second, I'm going to ask you to say it again, but if you, if you really don't want to know him, don't say it. It's okay. There's no condemnation. I just want to make sure to know what we're declaring from now on. I want, I want to know him. I'm going to go after him. 
Say it with me. I want to know Christ. God, we want to know you. All right, so I want to, I want to know him. I want to experience the mighty power that has raised him from the dead. I want to suffer with him, sharing in his death. Anybody want to repeat that? So that one way or another, I will experience the resurrection from the dead. One way or another. One way or another, <laughs> I'm going with Jesus. Whatever happens, I'm going to rejoice. Something's going to, there's something that's happening. Like, I think, I think like this whole COVID process, right, there's definitely been a thinning out of, of, of some people. And I know I'm preaching the choir here. And if you're joining us online, I'm not talking about that. I'm just saying we watch, I watch some people leave the faith. I'm not talking about watching online. I'm talking about actually leave the faith. You ever seen this whole thing right now that people are saying they're deconstructing their faith? Well, you're going to deconstruct yourself all the way to hell. That's what's going to happen. You don't need to, the only thing you need to do to deconstruct is your thought process, the way you approach things, the way you hold on to something. Listen, God doesn't need to be de deconstructed. He's the only one that holds this whole thing together. Your foundation is all wrong if you think that. Listen, I just want to know him. I want to experience him, and he wants that for me and for you. So one way or another, I'm going to experience the resurrection from the dead. I have experienced it. I was dead. I'm not talking about physically. I was the Bible says you were dead in your transgressions. You kept doing the same thing over and over again. You look around. The world is dead. It's dead. Hollow-eyed, dead people. You walk by them every single day and it is looking at them because they don't know him. They don't know him. Listen, real quick, there's a couple things that we need to get better at. One, surrendering. We need to get better at surrendering. Every moment, every day, all day long, surrender. I surrender to it. I surrender. The, the old song didn't say I surrender some. It said I surrender all. All to thee. All to thee. We need to get better at surrendering. We need to get better at listening and obeying. Quit questioning things. You can question me. You can question each other. Don't question God. Move at his voice. If you're going to get quiet, if you're going to know him, he's going to speak to you. And when he speaks to you, you have the opportunity to obey, to listen and obey, or to not. That's what's going to happen to you. The third thing is to follow through. Get better at following. Man, we got soft, people. We got soft. I'm offended. That hurt my feelings. Knock it off. Toughen up, buttercup. Nobody, I don't think anybody like woke up today like, oh, I can't wait to make your life miserable. No, man, we're just rude to each other. We're taking everything so personal, and certainly in church. Listen, get to follow through. If you say you're going to do something, do something. Do it. Do it. Call it honor. Act like it. And certainly if you say I'm going to do this, I'm going to read my Bible every day. Read your Bible every day. It's not hard. Everybody's on a reading plan, but they'll be off it in about two weeks. Listen, I don't know what 22 holds for you, but I guarantee you it has some highs. I guarantee you it has some lows. It's called life. It's what happens 
Jesus said, in this world you have trouble. Take heart, I've overcome the world. Highs, lows, it's going to happen. I don't, but listen to this. I'm going to leave you with this quote, and we're going to pray. Don't let the quality or quantity of your life determine your devotion to God. I had a really great day. I'm going to rejoice. No. Whatever happens, I'm going to rejoice. I had a really bad day. I'm not going to. No. Whatever happens, I'm going to rejoice. Do not let the quality or quantity. Yeah, if I get this raise, if I get this. Oh, I'm so disappointed. Oh, this person. No. Stop. I'm going to be devoted to God, his plan for his life. From now on, I'm going to own that. I'm going to own that. Would you bow your heads with me today? Father, I thank you for your presence in this place. God, it's not by accident that this specific group of people is here today. God, you are, you, are, you are here. You are here, God. You knew who would be here, and you are here. Rip into our lives today, Holy Spirit. Deep into our lives. Disrupt all the nonsense that we play around with. Fill us with you. Fill us with you, your power, your strength, your might, your clarity. Give us, give us clarity, vision, stick to drive. Gave us two ears to listen. Help us to be obedient. God, we just want to know you. Just want to know you. today and every day. Let's all pray this together. Father, I believe. I believe in my heart and I confess with my mouth that you are my Lord and Savior. Thank you for saving me. Now be the Lord of my life. Show me more of you. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Put our hands together for the word of God. Thank you for tuning in to today's podcast. If you want more information about LifePoint or want to get in contact with us, please visit us at www.lpc.is. We hope you have an awesome week. Grace and peace.